This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Welcome to the show, this is our live uh, special show where we talk about one topic and hash it out for about an hour and then... Uh, of course, interact with you guys out there who are watching the show live here on YouTube.com slash ComicPop by participating in the Super Chats. The Super Chats enable us to sort through the chats while also keeping a roof over our heads, respectively. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, let's jump into it. Today's topic is about uh, iconic natures of superheroes, particularly, I want to say, which female Marvel hero is the most iconic? <laughs> Yeah, this was an interesting pitch you offered up today, I think inspired in some way by the new Birds of Prey trailer that we saw. It's inspired by a number of aspects. The Birds of Prey trailer did, well, teaser slash makeup test. Yeah. Uh, and it got me thinking about how Marvel's really pushing uh, Captain Marvel and how they're like, I, I, remember, I mm -hmm. remember a time when Marvel was kind of happy to have no, like, staple female lead and just kind of let everybody, like, let, let anything occupy that space no, no wonder woman analog in their uh, trinity and then at one point or another marvel went like we need one you and they went all in on carol danvers on carol danvers so i thought we'd like hash it out a little bit and take a look at like a list of some of the like premier um female marvel characters and mm -hmm. try to hash out like which one is the most iconic now before right. we do that we're going to have to try and pin down what iconic means. Yeah, this is very true because there's a lot of definitions to this one. Because you even said when we were discussing this topic, there's iconic and then there's fan favorite. I think to truly be iconic, you have to transcend the media of comics. I think you have to be established in a lot of mediums. And another perfect example, I have to be able to ask my mom and say, hey, mom, do you know who this character is? And if they do, that's pretty first and iconic you're a household name at that point absolutely uh recognizability is a big mm -hmm. deal across multiple spectrums like you said um when it comes to marvel female superhero representation i'm afraid we're gonna have to like take what we can get in that regard it's been a very strange road for them has it not well, it has a lot to do with the fact that like wonder woman had a good 25 year head start on most of these characters oh yeah and she also but didn't get a, a movie until recently <laughs> she had a show in the 70s which helped to inform the culture at large and cement her as like kind of like the only female superhero that people could identify outside of the sphere of comics if you're a comic book fan you got like a list of four or five women that could oh, yeah. be and you're kind of like carol really we're gonna go with carol okay i i, I guess you could try and f since she's never had a really strong identity i guess we could just create one for her and, and they've uh, tried several times in fact you could argue they're still trying find me the correct volume one for captain marvel um, you cannot, because uh, there's so many. Yeah, but so there's there's a lot of criteria. Uh, I, I looked up the actual definition of iconic. Oh, did you know? For the most part, it means someone or something, in this case someone, that is a representation of something else. 
being a symbol. For example, the Eiffel Tower is iconic because it's a representation of France. That was their name. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to being recognizable, popular, uh, I think it also needs to be inspiring. Yeah. And I think it needs to represent something. And now... <laughs> In that case, I think Captain Marvel is pretty uh, iconic of Marvel because, you know, this twisted history that's touched the X-Men and the Avengers and aliens and cosmic and bit retconned a bunch of times. That's pretty friggin' Marvel and that's pretty friggin' comic book. But I, I would I would posit that there are a number of other female Marvel heroes who also fit the bill as far as representing what Marvel's all about. Uh, right. We could talk all day about what Marvel means and what it is, but for the most part, I think we all here on this show know what Marvel is, and we could probably argue who represents Marvel most when we go through this list. So um, that's a that's a pretty good topic in and of itself. Actually, let's let's write that down for later. What what do these comic companies mean to us? What is yeah. quintessentially Marvel and DC? Right, exactly. What is Marvel? What is DC? And don't tell me one's gods who want to be men and one's men who want to be goddess. So. Like yesterday's news. That's that's um, trite and cliche, and we hear that a lot. So we've gotten we've pinned down exactly what uh, criteria we're gonna go for here, uh, as far as what we need. She needs to have a history. She needs mm -hmm. to be original. She's got to be recognizable. And in terms of Marvel, she's got to have a continuity. She's got to be part mm -hmm. of the world of Marvel. It can't right. Be just, it can't be a character that was created in a vacuum or a character that represents something else. It's got to be quintessentially Marvel. And, of course, there's a couple other ancillary things. Rogues would be great, but for the most part, yeah. you know, it's hard to pin down. Everybody says, you know, the most recognizable rogues gallery in history, Batman, Spider-Man, that's kind of it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, look at, like, some of the most popular media heroes have some of the weakest villains. Captain America, uh, it's Iron true. Man, Thor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Some of those villains have worked out too much acclaim. Uh, Justin Hammer. <laughs> Yeah, oh, good. That's more like a fan favorite for me, but like... The, the, the Melter, the Controller, yeah. like the Wrecking Crew. Exactly. See, we're, we're naming like incredible, rich rogues that everyone can name and identify <laughs> across mediums. The <laughs> they keep is, coming back. <laughs> the, the, but the reality is like, uh, you, you can't ding them for having a weak rogue no. gallery because for the most part, like everybody kind of does. Yeah, and I, I think we're proving more and more now in the modern age that you don't really need a strong rogues gallery if you have relatable human dramatic pro uh, problems that you deal with. Uh, Miss Marvel Kamala Khan basically straight up said that in a fight with the Shocker yeah. recently when the Shocker's like, oh, let me be your arch nemesis. Imagine how we could elevate each other. And Kamala's like, screw you, Schultz. I don't need an arch nemesis. I have real life problems. Get out of here. It's true. That being said, all you need is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure helps. Uh, dipping into the super chats, Mopey coming by saying the chat would like to start with one name, Storm. Uh, she'll definitely. Mm. Uh, Adam Azamoa says, as long as I'm alive, I'll be the first uh, super chat. Well, you are not. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for joining and helping us out. Theodore uh, Soli Engine says, uh, obviously, it's Amazon from the Amalgam Universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's strong. We can just end the show right there. It's Amazon. Amazon's the Nailed it. Oh. And we got both. We got two bites of the same apple, both universes. Hey. <laughs> Gibson Bradfield, the most famous Marvel female characters, Mary Jane, the most famous Marvel superheroes are probably Jean Grey, Storm, and Kitty Pride. Fair enough. Those are very famous. Uh, I wouldn't call them iconic. Uh, and Jam Call X as Storm, Sue Richards, Electra, and She-Hulk as the strongest candidates in that order. Fair it, enough. Good list. Let's talk about yeah. our list. Uh, yeah. So, 
I looked at like I made a list of all these different like f- women of Marvel characters mm-hmm. that were contenders, and I checked off a bunch that didn't qualify. Okay. Uh, and I want to cross-reference them, Joel, with your scrutiny. Uh, just Alrighty. to make sure that we're on the right page, because I have a list. It's a very small handful of characters that could qualify as the most right. iconic female superhero at Marvel. Okay. I While she is recognizable and interesting and fun and in the movies, I don't think Gamora qualifies. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I think... They've done a lot with her recently to try and grow her profile outside just being a team member of other teams. Obviously, she's getting that new little miniseries to retcon her childhood and her connection to Thanos. She was the villain of the last big cosmic event, but that's villain in finger quotes because there was a... Yeah, there's a lot of shit. And even in the new Guardians books, they're like, oh, no, no, she's still important and we're still definitely going to you know run with this new characterization for her. Let's revisit Gamora in a year. I think she's on the precipice at the moment. She could go either way right now, but no, I wouldn't call her iconic right now. She's fun, and I enjoy her, and definitely a fan favorite, but no, I don't think she can be the face. Exactly. A couple other characters, magic-based. I don't think Clea counts. I don't think magic mm. counts. Uh, mm. I don't think so. I saw a couple of votes for Mystique. Again, Mystique. I don't really see her as iconic. I think she's definitely emblematic of the X-Men movie universe. She's really, really good. And she's a great villain. But can you have a villain or an anti-hero be your face? Uh, not so much. I think you can have mm. an iconic villain, but I don't think she should be the face of Marvel. Especially since that face can become any face. Anything. Mystique is in a weird class all her own. But God, she is really good, though. Agreed. Jessica Drew. This is one mm. territory here. I don't know if I would count Jessica Drew, for the most part, because while she is, you know what? Actually, I'll debate that. What do you think, Jessica Drew? Iconic or not? Mm, you know, it's funny. She she hasn't really done much outside the comics yet. I think she's been in a couple cartoons here and there, but she not had much. Cartoon series for a little while. That's right. She uh, she's been in a couple of video games. With Jessica Drew, you run into that problem, too, where it's like, mm, she has the name that would make you think she's related to a more prominent male character, but her story actually has nothing to do with that male character. Exactly. And that's why and that's like, as much kind of a like, thrust of her story. Yeah, I don't like derivatives. I don't like... I know you don't. But there is another character that I think might be a more, more of a qualifier that has the same criteria, so I don't want to dismiss Jessica Drew out of hand. I just don't think that there's enough of a character there for her to really qualify. She, she's another character where I think she's been on the precipice, and every couple of years a writer will come along and be like, no, we're going to make Spider-Woman happen, damn it. Well, like, name her three most prominent stories. I literally can't. Like, the time she was a Skrull Queen. That was pretty good. She got pregnant. <laughs> also and, that. You know, I mean, like, she plays pivotal roles throughout Marvel's history, but she's never been on the front lines as far as, like, being a, a prominent figure. She she still needs that Matt Fraction treatment. She needs that person to come in and being like, all right, let's take this character and let's take it in a whole new direction and let's make this the must-read book of the moment. Agreed. Silver Sable, another character I think doesn't really count. I, don't, I just don't think there's enough there. Uh, no, there really – and there's never been that much there. No. Uh, She's a cool design and a cool name. Agreed, and I think there could be something for her. I don't think she would ever quite reach that level. Uh, 
sadly, I also think Elsa Bloodstone doesn't count, even though I wanted to. Uh, uh, she's a badass. She's, she could be so cool, but no one wants to take that ball and run with it. You know what she could have been? She could have been the face of Marvel UK, and that would have been okay with me. Mm. Um, what was it? Uh, Jubilee, Rachel Summers, Psylocke, Polaris, these, these ex-women, I don't think count. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not dispensing ex-women. Yeah, I don't think that any of those ex-women really count. Rachel Summers, too complicated in history. Jubilee, I would say that's most of them. Jubilee, too much of a gateway character, and then after the gate had been closed, she was no longer relevant. What's what she done recently, Jubilee? Psylocke, another one that's like, what? Like, in terms of, like, explain her origin easily. To <laughs> that's rubble. Uh, also a bit of a hornet's nest, too, where it's like, wait, she was white, and then she was Asian, and now she's what now? Okay. Who's your editor now? Akira Yoshida? What? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, also, Polaris, same deal. Just like, I just, uh, she may have a simpler origin to the others, but mm. just not recognizable enough. They're, they're doing some good stuff with her on that Gifted show right now. I would say she has, she would have a chance, but Gifted doesn't have a chance. So. Exactly. So that's too bad. Uh, Another character she could have made it. They were ringing some really interesting stuff out of her. Yeah. Uh, Felicia Hardy also I don't think counts because just for the simple fact that Felicia has been pulled in multiple directions to from one polar extreme to the other. Mm. With little to no significant backlash or fanfare. No. For the character. She's um, the queen of the identity crisis and arguably her counterpart Catwoman has the same problem. I would say that Catwoman is less of an issue than Felicia because, at the very least, I don't know. Actually, that's that's fair. I think they they're they're two sides of the same coin. And Catwoman at least stars in her own book more frequently. You know what it is? You know what it is about Catwoman that gets away with it? Longevity. Catwoman was. So you might be right. Because she's just been a re recognizable Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. These the the culture has spoken, and they say we're 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 gonna give Catwoman a pass. And Catwoman gets to say she's the original too. And Black Cat just like so you have your street level recognizable everyman superhero, and he has a female thief Black character like oh okay and hers came 20 years 30 years after catwoman was established damn that'll always work against her in the broader culture that being said i love cat i, I love black cat i think she's a great mm -hmm. character i just don't think she fits for this list yeah, it's unfortunate um jumping back into the super chats again nigel red says storm's definitely the most iconic at least to me especially since she's one of the few black women in comics that's positioned oh as yeah a leader good and always has been good good argument there your boy D Bim says it's my birthday, so I'm giving you guys a gift. That's how I. Hey. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Yeah, happy birthday, nice. man. And uh, thank you. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. So make sure every birthday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Render unto Caesar, by which I mean the Elseworld Exchange. Right. Please stand by. It says rarely catch any of these streams, but I've been watching since the start of the show, and I just want to say good. Uh, keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Please stand by. Yeah. Thank you. For, thank you for standing by. Uh, and Will Bang says shout out all the way from the UK. Well, uh, good day. Hey. That's Australian, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm studying abroad, and if I ever feel like a little homesick, Comipod gets the job done. Love to Thank you very much. Hey, we got ourselves an expatriate. Nicely done, sir. That and, means uh, the world to us. And Chris Beck says, I'm late, but I'd say Rogue, Electra, and Storm. Well, uh, one of those got eliminated a few minutes ago. <laughs> sorry. I think we've, we've, we've burned through quite a few. Um, so I've got a list here. 
that includes a bunch of other characters that I think might count. Let me toss out a couple others that don't really work, I think. Okay, go for it. This, this is fun. I like this. Ooh, Pepper Potts. Getting some good multimedia play. Definitely likable. Definitely had an interesting history in the books, but I don't know, man. It's She's not regularly a hero. Sometimes she's rescue, but a lot of times she's not. The thing is, I think there's just not enough um, there's not enough stories in which she was the um, agent of her own destiny. Yeah, that's not true. They've definitely done a good job evolving her from just like, you know, the girlfriend or the secretary. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, m- more work could be done. Now we're going to make things a little more complicated. How about Monica Rambeau? Mm, I like Monica Rambeau a lot. Has some interesting history to her. Is going to be in that new movie. So you got the multimedia uh, play no, going. We'll be in. Her mom will be in there, but it's, I get. But p- people won't be able to tell that difference. We'll be able to tell that difference. True, yeah, um, I I think that it's sad. Uh, if you've ever read Next Wave, then you know what I'm talking about. But if mm-hmm. you haven't read Next Wave, by God, read it because it's so funny. And yeah, it also is. Also, a great representation of like how Monica was treated throughout Marvel. Um, she was Captain Marvel. Yes, for a long period of time. It's amazing, actually, how there was Marvel, he dies, and then the next Captain Marvel is a black woman. Mm-hmm. Cool. And she led the Avengers. Yep. And then one day she just didn't. And just gets no respect. And then she's gone through other names, and those names never really fit her. Kind of like Carol Danvers in terms of, like, Warbird and... A little bit. And uh, what's the other one? Oh, uh, singularity. Oh, yeah, binary, not singularity. Singularity. That's another one, but uh... that's a that's a whole other character. Man, Rambo always struck me as like a Rocky esque figure. Like, no, I could have been a contender. Yes, yes, and she definitely. It's funny how like the next wave team will make fun of her because they're because she always used her Avengers experience as kind of like her justification for leading the team and also for. Mm-hmm. Like, justifying her being a pain in the ass and them being like, hey, look, it's Captain America. And she's like, where? And they're like, ah, ha, 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 ha. They're never and she'll still And she'll still come back and stuff, you know, whenever they do like a crew reunion or anything. They're like, hey, remember her? She was important. Right. I, I feel like she was dealt a bad hand, but I, there, but now's not the time to fix it. Um, yeah, he, she, history robbed her. She could have been a contender. Yes. Uh, what about Misty Knight? Again, I think to uh, the level, I, I can't <sighs> More than five stories in which she was a prominent figure. I love Misty Knight to death. I think people really loved her on the TV show, and I think they've kind of spun that into her kind of getting a a, a breath of fresh air, new life in the comics. She had a whole little Daredevil annual and a little miniseries, and they brought back Daughters of the Dragon. Again, it's like the other characters we talk about, it's like, man, you got to put some work into them. If someone just grabbed the ball and ran with it, I think you would be able to, uh, you know, really make them a contender. You wouldn't have to put a lot of work into Misty Knight, no. but they don't, but they never seem to. No, they don't care. They just, they, they, they're not, they're not focused on that. And I, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that like, while the culture is ready for Misty Knight or Monica mm. Rambeau to really break out the people who are interested in doing that are more interested in having that happen with a character that they created that they can then get royalties on. Yeah, or, you know, just like, you know, re retreading past stories. Man, she had such a great status quo change, too, in that Jeff Lemire book where it's like, oh, 
uh, Shield is gone, so I'm like keeping tabs on superheroes now. I'm like the superhero, uh, like warden officer. That would be cool. Like make her the head of a Shield that's not Shield, and now everyone has to report to Misty. Yeah, and unfortunately, while that is a cool, convincing story that gives people like a great opportunity to get into her character, it doesn't really elevate her to iconic status. She's no, iconic it's rough. To some, not to all. She's an icon in my heart. I'll always love Misty Knight. And uh, similarly, Bobby Morse. I think I think Mockingbird. Yeah. Was uh, dead too long, and then never really given a really strong foundation to become anything other than whatever she is now. Like Mockingbird. I, I remember when they brought her back after Secret Invasion and going like, "Why Mockingbird?" And then <laughs> them launching that Mockingbird Hawkeye series and. Mm that not selling and not doing well and nobody really caring and then her being relegated to like okay i guess she's on the avengers even though we kind of learned our lesson and said no like nobody no d-list avengers then she was a shield liaison then she was in a relationship with spider-man for a little bit by the way that jump between those two things is like five years so it's like and then Five years later, they gave her something else to do with Spider-Man. She became a Spider-Man supporting cast member in then one she of got the a, richest supporting cast in comics. Yeah. So, then she got a, a, her own miniseries there that was a critical darling, but, you know, didn't really uh, do much for her character within the world of comics, which yeah. is a shame. Again, she's another one where it's like, man, if you just took the ball and ran with her a little bit. Yeah. Similarly, like, she, had her, she was on TV. She could have had her own show. Yes. Uh, Would have helped. I don't think enough that that was a ton of setbacks. Hey, you're one of the most popular characters on the show. People love you to death. You want a spinoff? Ooh, the network doesn't want your spinoff. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, and we'll write your boyfriend back into the show, but not you. Ouch. Um, this one's going to hurt, but I don't think she counts yet. I think she could get there, but I don't think she's here yet. X-23 Laura. Oh, man. Again, another one. Yeah. Yeah. Give it time. And she really should be, because again, it's like, hey, Wolverine bought a woman, but no more than that, more complicated than that. And also with that, like Tom Taylor run too, I think really did a good job uh, establishing herself out from the shadow of Logan to really become a character in her own run. She's in a movie, but it's a weird little kid version of herself. And she's a canon immigrant too. She's the only canon immigrant who didn't start in the comics, who started in X-Men Evolution True. and got popular all her own. So really showing that people do relate to this That's character. Right. Been and she does has legs. Laura's been in movies, cartoons, and comics. And her origins, while derived from a larger character, uh, she managed to get her own uh, identity out of it. And not with, with, with very little... With not a lot of retconning. You, you know what she needed to really put her over the edge is that there should have been an X-Men on this new Avengers team and it should have been her. She should have been the Wolverine on the new Avengers. I completely agree with that. That would have been such a good idea. That's what it should have been. Hopefully where it's they like, can do that. Like, hopefully they can fix that. But Come on, come on, Garen. Hey, Aaron, get on that. You're a fan of uh, X-Men. I know you've written Wolverine, although I guess you're kind of running with Cosmic Wolverine at the moment. Right? Yeah. Cosmic Wolverine should have been Laura. That's what it should have been. That would have been pretty dope. Phoenix Cosmic Wolverine of the future is actually uh, old Laura. That would have been cool. That'd be dope. Old, old lady Laura. Old lady Laura. That's your next mini series right there, everyone. <laughs> uh, Danny Blackston TV says, I'm late, but maybe Squirrel Girl. Now, Squirrel Girl is an interesting I case. I think she's a fan favorite character. I don't think but she's getting there. 
I think that it will take a lot of work to make Squirrel Girl an iconic mainstream character. She has been in cartoons. She mm-hmm. has her own breakout series. That yep. while the the numbers are technically low, the trade sales are great. There is an audience. I think there is an untapped audience there the that thing. is really hungry for Squirrel Girl. And if they get her into something live action, I think we would see the winds change. The, the all like you could either do a ton of work on Squirrel Girl to get her to fold more neatly into the Marvel world, you know, mm. on the Avengers, maybe do something interesting with her, or you could just cast Anna Kendrick as Squirrel Girl. Or you could just do that. And if you did that, you could elevate her from, I think, fan favorite status to at least contender on this on this list where I'm formulating in my mind. Practically overnight. Uh, IG says, hey guys, shout out from Australia. Well, hello there. And uh, four years later, I still finally catch one of these lives. What about Jane hey. Foster? What about Jane Foster, Joel? uh, There was a moment there where I think you really could have made a really strong argument that Jane Foster Thor should be the lady face of the Marvel Universe. She basically was part of the new trinity they made of like the new Avengers. It was her Falcon. And uh, well, I guess they didn't really have an Iron Man at that point. I don't know. I don't think so. But she didn't really hang out with the Avenger. I mean, Tony was kind of around for a little. Those were weird times. But yes, there was a moment there when she was Thor where I think she fit that Wonder Woman mold very, very well, arguably better than Carol in many ways. But that story came to an end. That story had a beginning, middle, and end, and now she's not Thor anymore. Still a very big player in Aaron's Thor, and uh, they look to imply that she's going to be a big player in the War of Realms story coming up. But she doesn't have powers of her own, and she doesn't have an identity of her own at the moment. That could change. Yeah. And they could easily make her. She's a long time Thor. Oh yeah, since the beginning. But uh, they could easily make her like a Valkyrie overnight if they, or make her a new character. Like, hey, uh, you're now new Thunderstrike. I think that uh, if you, well, if you gave her a hammer, made her a Thunderstrike or something like that, that'd be cool. She'll never beat Thor. Like, if she, like, you would need to have her be Thor the whole time. Mm. I think that's the way to fix that. Because like she's you want to put her neck and neck with Wonder Woman, that's how you do it. You make her Thor all the time. Yeah, is the thing because what Wonder Woman has no Wonder Man to compete with. Yeah, I mean except for Wonder Man, who uh, nobody except for the actual Wonder Man. (laughs) But Wonder Man ain't nowhere near these lists. (laughs) Yes, besides the fact that he's got the wrong uh, sex, he wouldn't count anyway. Um, So now, poor Wonder Man. I'm good. (laughs) No, no, you're not. Um, you're a, you're a poster in a James Gunn movie <laughs> that didn't get play on the actual screen. So I've got a list. Uh, let's, okay. let's start checking these guys off. Now, these are characters who I think could technically represent Marvel. They could be a good symbol. <clears throat> they have popularity, recognizability, and they might be even inspire people. Right. Um, going through that gauntlet, I'm going to start with the, uh, when we're, oh, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go from there. Uh, we've already established Jessica Drew doesn't count, so I'm going to check her off the list. Um, Which is a shame. It is a shame. Sorry, Jess. Next time. Um, so, one of the things that I, I really was like, qual- that I thought was a qualifier was history, continuity. Mm-hmm. around for a while. So I actually dated, some, not, not literally dated them, but I, I gave them their, da- their premiere dates so we can establish when they showed up and whether that has any scale tipping. Right. Um, I want to ask about the Invisible Woman, a.k.a. Mm. Sue Storm. 
Sue Storm is the original, uh, like, mother of the Marvel Universe, practically. Yeah. Um, she has a cool power set, very simple, uh, but depending on the writer, very interesting and powerful. It's true. Some writers play with it more. Sometimes she can just be invisible and create shields. And sometimes it's like, no, I can actually like, you know, manipulate uh, like atoms in the air and shit. Yeah. Uh, does she count? According to our she's, list. She's part of a team. So that's that's a thing. She's a consummate member of this Fantastic Four team. You really don't see them without each other. Has she ever had her own miniseries? She has had her own miniseries. Aha, uh-huh. all right then. That certainly helps you. And uh, she's been in movies. She has. Uh, what was it? Uh, two Tim Story ones, one fan four stick, and one Roger Corman movie nobody saw. So no, no, movies, no. three of which actually saw the light of day. No, no, none of them are good, but she's made it to the big screen, and she's been in all the cartoons. And again, if I asked my mom, my mom would know. Yeah, I think my mom might recognize the Invisible Woman, but I don't <clears throat> know about it. Even her. if it's passive-aggressive, like, oh, you mean the girl one? Right, yeah. Um, so I think she counts, even though I don't know if she wins. But I'm going to leave her on the list. I don't think Marvel has ever put her on a pedestal. I don't think they've ever put her in a position to be more important than just the mom on the Fantastic Four. But if they did tomorrow, it would be fine, and I think people would accept it. Well, and, like, Sue has... Sue is an icon. She is inspiring. She has uh, done some incredible stuff. Uh, what, what, what is the other thing? Um, she was pregnant and a superhero... She has yeah. a mom and a superhero. Like she can balance everything. Superhero. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I she's the ultimate awesome. career woman. You can have everything, ladies. Yeah. So oh, that yeah, is right. pretty inspiring. <laughs> so I think she counts. That's pretty straight. Yeah, an argument could definitely be made for the invisible woman. Yeah. Um, so all right, Lee Uh What about? Now I had some trouble with this one. This was uh, I, I was like, do we pick Nadia Pym? I think she's too recent. Mm. And I don't really have more than, like, one story where she was super awesome. Uh, So I was going with just Janet Van Dyne. Janet Van Dyne, another one, just so much history connected to this character. It's She is in the movies now. Took them forever to get to her, but she's there. She is in the movies. She was in the, she was in one really, really good cartoon. Uh, yeah. In fact, this might be the best version of Janet Van Dyne I've ever seen. Mm, it's a really good version. Heroes. That being that's said, a really good version. Unfortunately, I don't think she has enough agency. I don't think she's been. A, I don't think, despite the fact that she premiered in 1963, I don't think Janet Van Dyne has ever gotten out from under the shadow of the slap controversy. Yeah, that's that's a rough one. Has she ever had a mini series to herself? I believe she has, but I don't. I, but don't quote me on that one. Because again, you know, being able to carry a book on your own, I think, is pretty strong. She's always she's always been a really fascinating supporting character, and she always could have been more. And it, yeah, you're right on the whole. She lacks so much agency in so many stories she's in. Yeah, because she's. She's a founding member of the Avengers, but she has to keep reminding people she was. People that she, she's an elder statesperson of the superhero community and someone very respected in stories, yet who never really parlays that into anything, which, again, is such a shame. It is. So I, I as much as I want to keep her on the list, and I think she contended 
I don't think I, I don't think she she counts. And another career woman who yeah. does everything, which is very inspiring. And she even adopted Nadia, so she's an adopted parent too. Yes, she parent, uh, fashion designer, avenger. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of cool things going for her. I just I don't think that if Marvel was going like we need we need somebody who's gonna like really fit that mold slash identify the most iconic female character in our pantheon. I think Wasp deserves to be considered. I don't think she I don't think she gets it. Hecka overcoming an abusive relationship and coming out on the other side of that strong and you know and everything that's that's pretty inspiring too. But again, Marvel doesn't like to concentrate on that because they don't like to remind you that's a thing they did, except for when they do, which is also a lot of the time. Right. Um, <laughs> so from her, just going in order, uh, September 1963, they create Jean Grey. Mm, this, yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard to discount Jean Grey for being as important and iconic, definitely just in terms of images. She's, you know, all over the place. You see her, she has some of the most defining images. Her as the Phoenix is probably, you know, one of the biggest touchstone stories, okay. not only of X-Men, but of comics. I mean, heck, uh, w- 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 one of her aliases was Marvel Girl, wasn't right. it there? For, so, so, so her, the company's name is in her name as well. That's a good point. She is Marvel Girl. Um, I gotta tell you, I, I, I like the idea of considering Jean, despite her very complicated history. Oh, that, that's what holds her back, but that holds most of the X-Men back, so that's not a unique problem to her. Right. But she is a symbol of the X-Men. She could represent Marvel because she is a she's a founding member of a, of a premier team, arguably one of the most recognizable teams in Marvel Comics and Marvel yeah. Movies. Big name cachet from all the cartoons, movies, and video games. People know who she is. That's true. And, like, because she kind of benefited from not really having much of a code name, she, like, if you say Jean Grey, everyone knows who you're talking about. Yes, that's that's pretty big. You do run into the problem, though, where she's been dead for a huge chunk of her history, too, and dead a lot of the time. And the fact that, like, being dead kind of represented her character... Yeah, is that emblematic of Marvel's treatment towards women? Where it's like, here's one of our most famous women. She's been dead longer than she's been alive. Right, and that kind of sucks. So Ain't I, that fucked up? So I think that really does kind of knock her off, uh, despite her being a really, really good contender. When she's good, she's so good. And they even had, like, the young time-traveling version who arguably did better than most of the other young time-traveling X-Men, who had her own miniseries and kind of had her own character and growth, and by the end, basically became a different kind of Jean Grey. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Oh, so um, this one is kind of a big character now uh, because of the movies, mm. and that has to be, of course, uh, the Black Widow. Ah, Black Widow, again, you know, you run into this interesting thing where it's like, but she's a killer, though, isn't she? And, like, not like a, oh, like, I'm a vigilante who kills when I have to. No, she's a spy who kills people. Yeah. And, like, tries to topple governments. And they've tried to move that around a little bit, being like, no, she only kills bad people now, and she's working for the greater good. But there's a lot of cloak and dagger there. And, hey, if you like James Bond for all those same reasons, shouldn't you like her for all the same reasons? Yes, this is true. And then you get into the weirdness of, like, yeah, but she's also, like, this Cold War leftover, too. Yeah. Now, the fact that she was, like, a double agent and a murderer and... I kind of like her like that. The fact that, like, it makes sense to make her an Avenger in the movies because her powers are nothing and it's really cheap to make it. 
Um, also, she's a fun fan favorite character, and yes. arguably, while it would have been more fun to see her in the Daredevil show, it was it was really cool to see her show up and and what she wound up becoming thanks to yeah. the movies. Um, but ultimately, I think the fact that she is a murderer and a spy, a double agent, that I I, I almost want her to stay there. Like, it's it's like all, all the things that would hold her back for being like the face of the company are all the things that make her fascinating and a great character and great to read. And yeah, arguably it's like, well, Captain America and Iron Man kill people too. And like, yeah, yeah he's like a weapons manufacturer. Yeah, but they don't set out to kill people. Like they'll kill people if they have to and they don't have like such strong set in stone rules yeah. as say like the Justice League do. But right. it's like, I I use guns. I, I literally carry guns. Right, exactly. That's the, My superpowers are being able to shoot these in people's faces it's why i would never say the punisher could never be the face for all those reasons i i would say no that's true so i i love natasha she's a great character and i love it when she's on an avengers team because you need that little taste of darkness in all the light where she's like hey you guys run around and save kittens from trees but i'm actually here doing the dirty shit you're afraid to do right and I, I think I can't wait for her movie, but at the same time, mm-hmm. despite her popularity, we're going to have to let her go. And I almost feel bad saying that because I feel like we're holding her to this double standard even almost. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. The other thing is name all of her best stories. And it's like, oh, I guess like the Edmonton series was pretty good. The Wade book was good. Um, mm-hmm. She's know, had lots of good runs. She's had a lot of good runs. She's, she really should contend, but I... I think just I, I think she would it's funny if you think about her as a character it's like she would rather be on the sidelines or like be on, be behind it's the true. scenes like no she, don't make she, me the face of your company or your or she your universe. actively shoes the spotlight because that's bad for a spy exactly so anonymity is our greatest weapon <laughs> yeah so it is kind of a cop out but I also got to say like you know. It, and Marvel, sure too, even from a story point of view, they do this to the Punisher, too, where it's like, you need to stay in your own box over here. You are part of the superhero community. You are part of this universe. But we really shouldn't have to think about you more, because if we do, people will start asking, well, why doesn't Captain America stop them? Right. They, uh, sh- they shouldn't uh, be allowed to do these things. No. Uh, but you know what? It's because Cap is a re- is is a soldier, but he's also a realist, and he understands like sometimes you need Natasha. Which that's again that's fascinating. Even right now, uh, Rosenberg is playing with this in his Punisher book and in a couple of the other books, where it's like there is a Black Ops Avengers team of like Bucky, Hawkeye, Widow. All the heroes who aren't afraid to kill some motherfuckers and yeah. like, oh, Steve knows. Steve knows. He wants plausible deniability, but he knows. Yeah, he's aware. Uh, Kevin Meyer says Jean Grey, Storm, Black Widow, Invisible Woman, Carol Danvers, She-Hulk. One of these for sure. You guys rock. Thanks for making the show. Thank Thanks. you, Kevin, for helping us out. Uh, and good list. Uh, Rusky9110 says, going to miss today's live show, but I still like to give a bit to, to my favorite podcast. Well, thank you, Rusky. E. Thank you for coming by. Sorry you couldn't make it, but uh, hopefully you'll catch it on the rebound. Uh, also, Will I Am Golden says, speaking of murderers, Electra. We talked about Electra already. Uh, I don't think yeah. she counts. She's very interesting and very cool. And also you run into the problem. She's been a bad guy arguably longer than she's been a good guy. Not only that, but like infamy is not recognizability. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. About, like 
by and large, I'm not one of them. I love Elektra in Daredevil Season 2, and in The Defenders, I think that... I think Elodie Young did a great job. I like the characterization and the the the, the use of her character, but most folks... She's, she's a little different from the comics. They change a couple things that I think change the whole character, but continue. That, most folk don't like her. Like, they don't like her in that show. They don't like her Jennifer Garner movie. They didn't like her in the Daredevil movie. Less said about that movie, the better. Mm-hmm. Like... Her, her, she may be recognizable, but it was, it's more like, hey, do you know who Elektra is? And they're like, do you mean that god awful Jennifer Garner <laughs> movie nobody saw? And it's like, yeah, that's the one I mean, I, I guess. I think Elektra falls into the same pit as Mystique does, where it's like, you're a femme fatale. You're right. fascinating. Sometimes you do the right thing. Mostly you do the bad thing, though. Mostly you're self serving, but God, are you fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, moving right along, what about the <coughs> character that uh, debuted in 1965, uh, Medusa of the Inhumans? Ooh, there was a moment there where they were like trying to make Medusa into Marvel's answer to Mira. She was a queen. She was a mother. She was running a whole country of like expatriate aliens. Charles Soule put so much work and so much effort into Medusa, and she was a focal point of many big events. They could have made Medusa the next big thing. They could have made Medusa the face, but she had one show and it was shit. And now they're trying to bury the inhuman, so it ain't gonna be her. No, I, I could have been. You said it. You said it best, man. The fact is, like Medusa's a neat character, but ultimately, I think she's like a sci-fi fantasy character more than she's a representation of all of Marvel. And the the volatility of the Inhumans keeps her from ever really breaking out of that. She definitely represents her weird cosmic side of Marvel pretty well, and she's been on tons of teams, not just the Inhumans team. She was on that uh, FF Fantastic Four, but uh, she was a villain for a little bit, too, so she's had a long and interesting history. I hope Medusa doesn't go away, because there is a lot of like content in Medusa, and there's a lot of stuff you could still do with her. Agreed. Uh, now, here's a character who was created in December of 1965, so she got the she got the the uh the you know the longevity but for the most part if you had asked me like 10 years ago if this character would qualify i'd say no because it's gwen stacy gwen stacy man gwen stacy what a what a strange and wonderful history this character has had from being the idealized girlfriend to dying and causing like a second tragedy growth evolution of the hero to, you know, being venerated and almost sanctified within Spider-Man, sometimes to good effect, sometimes to creepy effect. Big time. And and now she's Spider-Gwen in an alternate universe, and now she's Ghost Spider, and now she's one of the hottest, most beloved things ever. And really, why not? Because Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider is fun, and Spider-Verse did a great version of her. Yeah. Uh, Normally, I'd say she doesn't even count. She wouldn't count. She's an alternate reality version of herself. But the prominence of Spider-Gwen in the Spider-Verse movie, the popularity of her look, um, at least puts her on the list. Because that, because, like, listen, money talks and sales work. And the fact that, like, Spider-Gwen is such a profitable-looking character Mm -hmm. cannot be ignored. Plus, fun character, people seem to like her. Probably that, and one of the things I think keeps her from iconic stature is alternate reality that's that's a rough one although it's rough but it's becoming less of an issue now oh the thanks to like 
comic book fans being like, alternate reality is second nature, but the movie normalizing it? Yeah. Uh, but also, alternate reality plus, her books don't really sell great. And yet, and yet, still stick in there, though. You know, it's that they've built an interesting lore in and of themselves for her books. Definitely has its fans. Oh, definitely. Oh, but I think that she qualifies more as a fan favorite than an iconic mm-hmm. character. She's a little niche now, but again, talk to us in a year. Exactly. Like um, if they end up having some sort of like spider crisis thing where it's like, oh, and now Gwen just lives here. Right. And I would not be surprised. Listen, we know for a fact, talking to people who worked on this book, uh, that when they were thinking about rebooting, they were going to merge all the universes. Spider-Gwen and the Mary Janes were going to be like a kind of Josie and the Pussycats kind of book <laughs> where they kind of toured across the real Marvel universe as regular members of the universe. So like... It's always just one decision away from being part of from being canon. Once that happens and then like she starts showing up on teams and stuff and then Peter has to deal with that. It's like, oh, it's this girl I love, but who isn't the girl I love who lived a completely different life? Yeah. And uh, oddly enough, while like most writers couldn't help themselves and make Peter Parker like a creep about the ghost of Gwen, when Gwen actually shows up as a character, he gets way more totally okay with it. Yeah. Like, they never really get creepy with it, which I think is interesting. Which, again, that would be a good thing where it's like, no, Peter has to learn to be okay with this, and that has to be his journey. Yeah. Um, Another character that I think is, I think qualifies, and I know that I might be biased, but I had to throw it out there, is a character who has no superpowers whatsoever and was created a long time ago, 1966, and that's Mary Jane Watson. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely probably more famous than some of these characters we've mentioned. Probably has more name cachet just because, oh, everyone knows Mary Jane. That's the thing. Huge character in movies, video games, cartoon shows, comic books. She's got omnipresent. Yeah, she is. She is all over media while also being a character unto herself. She has had agency over herself and not. She has made mistakes and and made great triumphs as well. Um, Which is pretty emblematic of Marvel. Yeah, exactly. She has she she is born from continuity while also being recognizable, inspiring, and popular um, in her own right. Depending on who's writing her, um, the only thing I could say is that like, you know, she has been put through the ringer over time, and yeah. Marvel would almost like, whereas Marvel was very proud of that character being so represent so representative to the point of for multiple years in a row, making her a card in their superhero card lines, their trading card lines. I think that says a lot. Mary Jane was one of those, like, regular people characters, or one of those regular people cards, for a number of years. Marvel's very proud of it. Nowadays, Marvel's kind of like, Mary Jane is Spider-Man's girlfriend in the video game, and yes, we all liked playing her little mission, but, like, let's not get too wrapped up in who she is. I think Marvel's just so She was briefly Iron Spider and briefly Venom in the alternate future oh yeah that's right um but thankfully like never really became a superhero she's one of those characters like um only in alternate universes david michelini when he created james rhodes was like i want to create a guy who has no powers who is iron man's friend and james Mm. Rhodes was supposed to be just his friend no anything and then they made him war machine he was like boo and he quit the book (laughs) um but uh Similarly, Mary Jane, like, she works because she's not superpowered. She's, she's not, one of us. She's one of us. She's She manages to, like, see, she knows what's going on 
behind the scenes. And so she can look up and see the heroes, like, flying by, but she's also like, I know what they look like in their underwear. You know what I mean? She's yeah. Like, and she's still cool. Like Yes, very. It doesn't make her a miserable person. <laughs> No, she's had a ton of jazz. In fact, even like Spencer just recently is mining great material from her where it's like, I think I need to go to this superhero support group for sidekicks and supporting characters. Exactly. Um, so moving on, uh, what about this is a character that has a lot of prominence, getting a movie coming up pretty soon and was created in 1968, Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel. You know, as we talk more about all these other characters, I'm starting to understand more and more why Marvel chose her to be the golden child and to elevate her, because she ticks a lot of boxes. Good history, nice long history there, crosses many teams, uh, uh, working woman there, either in the military or when she briefly owned a magazine there for a little bit. You got your nice cosmic connection there to your aliens because she's got all those sorts of powers and everything. Has Marvel in her name, which sure helps. Yes, it does, even though for the longest time it didn't. No. Uh, Actually, that's not true. When she first debuted as a superhero, she was Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel, yes. So she's got the legacy thing going for her, too. Yeah, you got the whole, oh, well, isn't she connected to a man thing? Isn't Doesn't that diminish her a little bit? No, because no one gives a shit about Marvel. Exactly. Actually, she made it look good. She's doing pretty, she's doing better off than other derivative characters because at least the characters that she came from died and had the courtesy to stay dead. And even the people who are filling her old boots, like Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel is fucking awesome. Kamala Khan is great. So bringing more honor to the Marvel name. Right. But the question I have is, is she a representation of Marvel? Is she a symbol? Is she popular, recognizable, and inspiring? She's a messed up human. So that's but a- continues to do stuff anyway. I mean, she had that, uh, that, 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 that horrible thing there where she gave birth to her own rapist. That, <laughs> that happened. Uh, and, yeah, um... My issue, my only issue is, I don't really know what drives her. As a no, she was she recovered from alcoholism. That was that was the thing that happened, and, like, and that's awesome. Like, there's a lot of things that make her a relatable human being, that make her a tragic character, that make her inspiring as like a like a hero. Um, but I don't. But really, what's her focus? But like again, like with her character, I'm just a little hard pressed to like to tell you like what is her like. Thing. What is her bat through the window or her great power, great responsibility? It's whatever the writer at the moment says it is, and she's gone through several writers who have tried to crack that nut and crack that code. And ultimately, like, that's not a symbol. Like, that is whatever. No. You, I mean, like, and it's not, that's more like a stem, like, that. that's a T-cell. That's like, I need you to be this now. And, like. It's then, you know, man, and they've tried so hard to be like, hey, I'm the fun loving member of the team. No, I'm the hard ass member I'm of the, the team. I'm the military one. I'm like the, uh, yeah. I'm the one with the uh, with the service record or I'm the one who has a legacy to uphold or I'm the one who wants to be the best or I'm the I'm the disciplined one. You know, I you know, the, the world where I was everyone's favorite hero. Well, I want to be that hero again. Yeah. And I don't care if you like me, but sometimes I really care if you like me. <laughs> right. And I think that, like, there is potential for her. And like I said, like, if they just, if Marvel just, like, laid off the whole we need someone to be this thing and just let her grow. Yeah. She could have been like that all on her own. I Ironically, like Miss Marvel, who they let grow organically with the same writer for almost 100 issues, and now, ironically, the sidekick legacy character is more fully formed than the other one. And that's the thing that's going to come up. Um, by the way, like, 
she has every potential to stu- to still be that way. And, the and maybe the could, movie, the yeah. movie could fix it all. Like I said, like literally, Squirrel Girl could be an A-lister if Anna Kendrick played her. Like and like. Here's the thing, too, you know, to compare her to Iron Man, that Iron Man movie did so much to truly crystallize Iron Man in the comics and make him like basically give him a whole new lease on life. I think you may not remember, audience, that like when that movie came out, there were a lot of people in the comic book universe who were like not in the comic book universe, in the comic book reading world who were like, oh, boo, that's not Tony Stark. That's like some weird version of Tony Stark. Like, well, guess what? It is now. People love that version and became the version that we still have today. And they didn't have any anything really to do with him. Like, he had some great stories. No. And then he didn't for a long time. I it's think true. That, I think Carol has potential. I don't think it's now. I guess we'll see. Let, let's reconvene this after the movie. Uh, jumping back into the Super Chats, uh, Mr. Roboto says, The most iconic is Miss Marvel. It's Ms. Marvel. Uh, not Captain Marvel. Uh, he also says the most iconic is Hawkeye over time and current. Um, I, I don't know who you're referring to. Oh, the uh, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Uh, I don't think so, but... Uh, I, I mean, it's like if you, you share the name with a guy who probably be the face of the Marvel company, but yet you're better than that guy, and you have the Young Avengers history, and you had your own book for a bit, and a team book. Again, you could make an argument for Kate Bishop maybe now, but in a year. Right. I think Kate Bishop's a great character. I think she's more of a fan favorite than an icon. Um, She's a comic secret. She's a secret held by the comic fans and comic readers, but if they ever got her into anything... Oh, totally. They could fix that up. I think I think the world would love her as much as we love her. Agreed. Well, I am golden. Uh, Aunt May. Aunt May is more of a plot device, but also uh, she is a great character. I, 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 I would not put her in the same category as Mary Jane, but I would, I, I could argue, MJ slash Aunt May. Maybe. Aunt May is iconic in her own special way. Exactly. She's an iconic supporting character. She's, representat- she's representative of those characters. She, she is the bar to which other supporting characters, you know, define themselves. Am I Aunt May good? Right. Um, if, if I died, would my hero make a deal with the devil? <laughs> and the answer, I think, is unequivocally no. <laughs> Hopefully uh, not. Tevia says uh, Mayday Parker. Yep, but she has the same problem as Spider-Gwen, which is alternate reality. And um, Spider-Gwen has arguably already eclipsed Mayday Parker. Yeah, plus Mayday Parker's history got really convoluted. It went from being, like, really, like, straightforward to, like, which one's the real May? There's clones and symbiotes. Pass. It's a, it's like that bit in The Simpsons where at the, when they're at the petting zoo, and it's like, oh, look at the little she, aw. And then Spider-Gwen comes out, and then and they're like, come back. It's like, get out of here, you. Get out of the way. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Vu, Wonder Woman. Just kidding, it's Rogue. Um... Well, we'll get there, but uh, I'm glad you feel that Rogue is very iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and St. Lugia says, uh, who's DC's runner-up? Uh, well, we're not really talking about DC, but... I That's guess a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, we got uh, 1975 in May. Uh, Aurora Monroe is created, <sighs> a.k.a. Storm of the X-Men. Storm is really strong, like really like ticks all of those boxes you want and more consummate leader, great history, amazing power set. Yep. Uh, She's popular, recognizable. Is she inspiring? I would say so. Yeah. 
In her way. I don't think that they've ever really stressed the inspiring part of her story. You know, she was a street kid who pulled herself up by, you know, by her teeth and, you know, fought to survive and now gets to live in a cool mansion in Westchester. Exactly. Well, that's true. Uh, but she's also, she's inspiring in terms of, like, she came from nothing. She became mm-hmm. a god. She gave that up to serve mankind. She, uh, she leads the X-Men. She... Uh, goes out there and battles despite like handicaps, like her claustrophobia. Um, she yes, has relatable, that's right. She has a thing she overcomes. Yeah. yeah, she has relatable fears. Um, and most importantly, in terms of like culturally speaking, everybody knows who Storm is. You could. That's pretty big. At least for the most part, you could say like, "Hey, do you know Storm from the X Men?" They're like, "Oh, Halle Berry, right?" And while that does mm. hurt my heart, uh, <laughs> the answer is yes. And I guess she was a. You know what, Halle Berry, notwithstanding, she does she isn't an embarrassment. She does have an embarrassing no. line, uh, which is the toad struck by lightning line. But at the very least, she uh, she's recognizable. She's been in cartoons, wow. movies, and cartoons. I would argue too, as far as X Men characters go, she carries a a lot less baggage, both canon continuity. And just she's she's done a lot of less bullshit, like unlike a lot of these other characters, you got like, oh, you know, psychic affairs and oh, I went bad for a little bit and I did all this. other. Storm doesn't have that storm for the most part has made some pretty good choices. Even that, by the way, even death, like how many times has Storm died? I would say one or less. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. So let's like so. So it it couldn't have been too many. But but we couldn't push Storm for the longest time because we didn't own the movie rights. Right. Uh, but now we can. And maybe now's the and then maybe now's the time to start. Has Storm ever been an Avenger? Yes. Uh, actually, when the, was the image the... I'm using is from a cover from Mighty Avengers when she joined, I think, in T'Challa's place or something. Right, because they were married for a little bit, so she's got that connection too. Mm-hmm. Um. So. You could do a lot with Storm, and I think you could do you, worse. You could very cool. easily have pushed Storm, but maybe at the time when they were thinking, like, who is our face going to be, maybe they were a little reticent to make a black woman their, maybe. like, main face. And, you know, times, they are changing. Maybe it's Storm's time now, everybody. Which, again, because people love and respect this character. If tomorrow they said, oh, yeah, Storm's on the Avengers now. Storm is now going to be a focal point no of the Marvel Universe. No, everyone would be like, cool. Yeah, no one would be like, what? <laughs> She Everyone could would replace, be like, she could have replaced Thor. Yeah. We um, got a lightning person. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, going into. In fact, the, if they did that, some people would probably be like, it's about damn time. Agreed. Uh, go, going into the 80s, uh, on in February of 1980, a character uh, who was technically a derivative, who I have championed a long time, mm. Jennifer Walters, the She-Hulk. Same here. I think you and I share a deep love and admiration for Jen Walters. Again, you wanna you wanna talk about relatability, you wanna talk about, you know, Marvel, you know, championing the the little man and the workaday people, a lawyer who, you know, chooses to live as a jade giantess because why wouldn't you? Right. Uh and that's really for me the bottom line for 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 Jen Walters, the the She Hulk is while she is a derivative character, she comes from the Hulk, blood transfusion, very flimsy origin. Uh, yeah. And directly connected to Marvel. It is Marvel. So it is like, oh, okay, yeah, she comes from this world. She comes from this universe. Representative of that kind of thing. Um, And she has her own life and her own wants and everything that are so, like, like removed from the Hulk. She was never the Hulk's sidekick. Yeah. 
Um, she was always kind of doing her own thing always, and doing it her way. She was always the only time when she was ever really like phony ripoff Hulk was now. Ironically, it's only now where they're like, but what if she was big and dumb, though, because we think we've exhausted all the stories of her when she has her wits together. It's like, I don't think you have. Um, but like, I don't think that it's broken, you know? No. But the PTSD thing, they were like, what if uh, what if somebody wasn't Tom King could try a PTSD story? Oh, they don't have as much experience, so it didn't work out. If if that uh, Marika Tamako story was only an arc like it should have been and actually ended on a strong note, it would have ended very strong. Yeah, that was a weak book. Um, it started so good, but ended so, so, so weak. Uh, but yeah. I think that her past, her being pulled in different directions, the volatility of the character and the lack of the lack of cultural awareness slash acceptance. This is true. It's just to, to, her, to the point where you even have dickheads like which which, uh, which Dark Knight writer was it was on a podcast and he called her like a big green prostitute or something. Oh, that would be the guy who that would be David Goyer. Oh, fuck Goyer. I, I'm still mad at him for that. Cause like this, this is the guy your champion is the greatest superhero writer. He didn't even know the Hulk and She-Hulk were cousins. Yeah. <sighs> he doesn't know a lot of things. He wrote. No, Boy he Trinity, really does. And I think he directed the second one. So, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, that happens. Uh, an, another weird thing with She-Hulk that I wonder if made them reticent to make her the face of Marvel or the female face of Marvel. You have, again, you know, oh, Hulk, Hulks get powerful when they're angry. Did they really want to lean on, like, the whole women PTS or, uh, what is it, uh, periods thing? Did they want to lean on that? Or did they not want people to think that's what they were leaning on, PMS? I don't know. I, I, I feel like you could find more like legitimate dings to keep her from taking the, 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 the top slot. Um, but I would have loved a DC Marvel crossover drawn by George Perez that involved, mm. uh, or John Byrne that involved Wonder Woman versus She-Hulk would have been pretty dope. That's, that's a fight we really like to see. Also too, another thing about Jen Walter, G-Hulk, sexually activated woman, yeah. has a lot of partners and doesn't really catch a lot of flack for, no, which I true. think is very important. Except for the time she banged a Juggernaut, but then they retconned it so she didn't, so, you know. But yeah. At the same time, like, she's got a lot going for her. I think it's just, the problem ultimately is the name. I love her name. Yeah. I think she works, but, like, if you say outside, like, oh, a She-Hulk is going to join the Avengers, they go, She-Hulk? Yeah, what? Really? And it's yeah. like, what do you mean really? She's been around since literally 1980. Like, what are you talking about? Trust me, I've had these conversations with people who were, who aren't trying to be dicks. Mm -hmm. People but just, it just don't happens. accept it. She, she was arguably Deadpool before Deadpool. She was breaking the fourth wall and being funny too, even That's before right. that. Subversing uh, comic norms even back then. So she's got that working for her too. Yeah. Um, crap, did I get a picture of this person? Cause there's a, there's a lot to love about She-Hulk. I agree. I feel bad that, like, I got a, I got a cutter from the list, but... Another bad thing that just hits me she has working against her, too, the weird lights uh, rights limbo that Hulk and Hulk characters seem to be stuck in right now. Does Universal own them? Does Marvel Disney have to ask? What is, what is even? You gotta, you, you, you gotta consider that when we're talking about premier Marvel characters now. Um... Then, in 1981, November of 1981, they created Rogue. Yes. Does Rogue count? Rogue is definitely a fan favorite. There's no way out of that. People love her. She has a ton of stories. She's iconic. 
in the cartoons, although arguably that version of her is an interesting little time capsule of yep. her. <clears throat> yeah. The thing that, the, the one I have up is the one everyone remembers because of the cartoon. And you Which, know what? Uh, that cartoon was dope, and there's no reason not to, because it was a great distillation of everything you like about the X-Men. It um, sure was. I wonder if on some level, too, maybe that's another reason that led Marvel to pick Captain Marvel. What's like, well, people like Rogue, and she only has her powers because of Captain Marvel. Let's <laughs> just make it Captain Marvel. Right? I, I don't know. I mean, but like Rogue, she is she is popular. She's recognizable. Uh, she's inspiring in terms of being like, she's got to overcome her own personal physical limitations. Everybody knows her from the movies, unfortunately. Um, problems with intimacy. That's that's relatable. Yeah. Uh, I think that ultimately it's just there's not enough. There's not enough like tremendous <sighs> stories about Rogue and the the version you all that everybody likes mm-hmm. is like not a very long standing version of the character. It's like an isolated time that they try to get back, but it's not quite the same thing. Mm. She's a really great team player. I love Rogue. I think she's a fantastic character, and I just I can't bring it. I can't bring myself to vote for her. And again, too, like most of the X-Women, you run into that problem. So much baggage, so much bullshit to unpack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the Super Chats, uh, Kevin Vu says, I don't know if Wasp was iconic to me. Well, that's why we can't. That's why we dropped her from the list. Um, we love her, but it do. was hard. She had to be dropped. Some of these uh, c- c- cuts are harder than others. It is. Mr. Roboto, is Sasquatch iconic for Canada, or is it just Puck? Joel? <laughs> Alpha Flight isn't iconic in Canada, nor, nor is Captain Canuck, nor is any of the stuff that's actually designed for us. Mm-hmm. No. Because it's mostly Americans who just made it up. We we like Deadpool and we like Wolverine because, you know, they were actually designed to be Canadian. So that's yeah. pretty good. No, I agree. Uh, Cam says, is it weird that some of Spider-Man's girlfriends are probably more popular than like 85% of the superpowered female characters of Marvel? I don't think it's weird. I think it's I, I think it's actually like a great testament to how rich his rogues gallery is and how terrific the stock of writers were who worked on Sp- Spider-Man for so long. Spider-Man is so popular, you just gotta date him to up your numbers. Yeah, I mean like literally Spider-Man is so popular, his girlfriends outrank superheroes on the most iconic female <laughs> characters in Marvel lists. Now that's a story they need to tell at some point, people getting all pissed off about that fact. Yeah. Uh, the other character I want to talk about is two more left is Je- is a character created in 2001 and that's mm. Jessica Jones is Jessica yeah. Jones an iconic representation of Marvel Comics. She is certainly human and broken and tries to overcome her demons every day. She is a survivor of horrible trauma. Mm-hmm. She uh, She's baked into the Marvel Universe, but kind of retconned to be baked into the Marvel Universe. I think she's an excellent example of how you can use comics as a medium to be like, no, they were always here. Well, I mean, like the fact that she is a retcon says to me, hey... That what's more what's more Marvel than a retcon? Exactly. Um, she's a working woman, owns her own business. She's volatile as all hell most of the time. But she's married to Luke Cage now. She's calmed down a bit, so she's actually grown quite a bit. She's a mother now. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, and st- still working. There is a lot to like about Jessica Jones, and boy, did I love that Christian Ritter version of it. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but she also is a great, like, she's not quite... Um, a superhero, she's more like a dark reflection of Marvel. Yeah, I tried that, and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, uh, I think that's really fun. Ultimately, I put it in there for cheekiness. I think she's a great character. I think she's a fan favorite, and I think 
in like a dark mirror version, she is definitely like a great icon that represents Marvel. She's almost an anti-icon in a way. That's more like it. Exactly. She, she goes so far, she almost comes back around again. Yeah. No, it's true. So, I, I would love to make her an icon. I would love to put her on. The, she's iconic to me because I love death. I would love to put her on there. I don't think they'd ever put her on there, even though the same reasons that you argue, oh, she can't do that. Oh, you know, she drinks, she fights, she swears, whatever. Yeah, Tony was an alcoholic, too, and so was Carol, and yeah. so was everything else. Why Why should that be a problem for her? But she doesn't wear a costume, though. And her costume was like a... a more like a, a parody on 80s costumes to begin with. So and it's like, well, Wolverine and Luke Cage don't wear costumes a bunch of the time. and They get to be Avengers. Why are, why are we holding Jess to these weird standards? Yeah, I think that like as much as I like in a corporate way, I got to say no, but I also think she's great. And I want like if I were in charge, I would want people protesting every day being like Jessica Jones deserves to be an icon. It's, it's also, too, where it's like, you know, are, are, are the majority of male writers afraid to make an abrasive, opinionated woman the face of their company? Yeah, and I love that idea, and I want that, I, to, be a, I want that to be a conversation. I would have pushed for Jessica Jones. I would have pushed for her to be in that role. In fact, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, why not Jessica Jones? Right, exactly. Like, that's very and, Jessica of you. Um, yeah, why, why, why shouldn't she be? And again, too, it's like a lot of the stuff you like about Carol, she has too. In fact, they're right. friends. And they're friends, and they always forget that. Whenever I see Jessica Drew and Carol being like, we're best friends, I'm like, what about Jess? How, you, how come you haven't called Jess? Um, yeah. What was it? In the Super Chats, Will I Am Golden says, uh, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing. We did talk about Misty Knight already. Uh, Colleen Wing, no. Colleen Wing's a bit of a package deal. She's done much better after being on the show to the point where she literally steals the show from Danny in the last season. I would rather have watched that show Same. than his show. Yep. But that's not enough she, to make her an iconic superhero. She was the only competent character on that show. Yeah, exactly. Um, and finally, uh, created in August of 2013. Uh, what about Ms. Marvel? Oh, I've carried a torch for this character since day one. I think she is the uh, her only real competition would be Miles. But I would say she's the best young teen hero created in a while. In fact, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be nuts here and I'm going to say, yeah, she actually eclipses Miles because Ben just wrote a lot of crap in between Ultimate and uh, when Solid in a Mid took over. Miss Marvel's never had a bad issue under right. G. Willow Wilson. It's all been good. And even through, like, you know, universe redefining stuff and crossovers, Miss Marvel's been allowed to grow and thrive organically. And she made a huge impact culturally. And she's in a bunch of cartoons and video games now. And there's talks of trying to do a live action version. But, oh, my God, they're actually taking their time because they want to do it right. Because they actually know the lightning in the bottle they have here. And they don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. No, it's true. She's a Target costume. She's a Target Halloween costume. Yep. Like, she's incredibly representative of Marvel. Of the today. now. Yes. And she's she has the legacy name, so she also comes from the continuity of old Marvel. She's popular, recognizable, and she's, a, she's symbolic of not only her own culture, but also of Marvel itself. She's also an Inhuman, but she's better than most of the Inhumans, and she survived all those new young and She's the last one standing, baby. She transcends those those gremlins uh, to the point where In it's fact, like, I'm really disappointed she's an Inhuman. 
It, well, here's the thing. I think being an inhuman is part of her success because if she had just been a mutant, if they had the rights to it, she would have just been another face in the crowd, another new Jubilee, another yeah, hip young been, mutant we're trying to push. <laughs> she exactly she would have been 2013 Jubilee, but no, because she's an inhuman, she's a big fish in a tiny little pond. Oh, that's true. Uh, so for the most part, our list involves four women mm-hmm. who could be the most iconic representation of female heroes at marvel and one teen girl yeah oh no I, well, i'm gonna call her a woman because she's she's feminine you know what i mean <laughs> she's always a woman to me exactly um <laughs> so you got the invisible woman mary jane watson storm and ms marvel yeah i think we could do worse i think this is a great list i think this is a solid topic. pretty diverse list too yeah and you could make solid arguments for pretty much all of them, I think really ultimately good. MJ might get t- get get knocked out of this list because she's not a quite quite a superhero. Not really a hero. Miss Marvel. The more you add, the more you can knock people off. It's true, Miss Marvel. Too, you know, just so people don't think I'm showering endless praise, although it's deserved. She's young. She's new. She's only going to have her second writer just recently. And again, I don't think Solid in a Mid is going to whiff it, but he could. No, it's true. Yeah. The fact is, if she never, like, if she never got a good writer again, or if somebody, like, really tanked her series, like, they put her in space or something, you could really, we would have a very different list. Or we'd have at least one fewer on this list as a result. Because I fully understand that a big chunk of Kamala's success is the perfect symbiosis of writer and creation. They are, they are one. Yeah. Uh... Cam says, weird how none of those were Carol Danvers. It's not weird. We actually went through a whole, like, hour and a half long show where we kind of t- whittled it all down. But Listen back to it sometime. Exactly. But you might enjoy it if you watch the whole show. So the the list here, I mean, like, you could add a bunch of qualifiers, like, colors. And I don't mean, like, yeah, I, I'm talking about, like, iconic colors. Yeah. Who looks great on a poster on the Avengers, on a lunchbox, as an action figure, as a costume, on TV, movies, cartoons, comics, yeah. everything. Um, ultimately, if you were to talk about just colors, Ms. Marvel takes the cake because she's the classic red and blue. It's the most yep. iconic color scheme in American Boy, comics. Boy, is it ever. I guess why. Um, but, like, I'm not going to give it to her because of that. I think that, like, any of these women could just step right into the spotlight and Very take over slick. as like, I represent this company. I represent this universe, I should say. And Storm's had lots of costumes and lots of good looks. I still push for punk rock Mohawk Storm every day. It is pretty great. Uh, you know, I, I I grew up with the silver suit because of the cartoon, but I really do Also like, a classic. But I like the black and gold one. That's also oh, really the, solid. The, that's that's what she's rocking now. The Cockrum suit is my is my is my jam. Um, mm. So out of these four, Sue Storm, Slash Richards, Mary Jane Watson, Aurora Monroe, and Kamala Khan, which one for you out there in cyberspace? Sorry, uh, out there in the internet, uh, think is the most iconic should be the most iconic and should be touted put on the 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 marvel you know like multimedia bandwagon mount rushmore yeah who are they gonna throw out there and push and go like this guy this 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 lady's got to get a movie we got to get her on those cartoons we got to put her on the avengers got to make the whole thing happen uh which one of these four would you recommend and uh you know well maybe we'll do another one for dc and challenge wonder woman 
Yeah. Yeah, to be like, who who could knock this woman off her perch? Is anyone mighty enough? Yeah. My pick, by the way, maybe Big Barda. But uh, so let's wrap it up here. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for these uh, amazing contributions for a terrific uh, conversation. Thank you, Joel, for joining me and having this chat. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you guys next week with another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange, of course. Uh, if you want to catch more and listen to a, a special bonus show that comes from the show, go over to patreon.com slash comic pop and uh, find out more about like early access to videos, uh, weekly updates behind the scenes about what goes on in this channel, and also a bonus special podcast that no one else can get except for you over on that thing. Because it's only it's all ingrained. Like it's not like somebody can say it, can share the link. You need to be a patron in order to listen to the show. Oh yeah. So thanks a lot for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you guys next time. Uh, and of course, stay tuned today for more stuff. Maybe there's a purple channel thing going on. Also, uh, back issues will be launched tonight around like nine o'clock. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, of course. Anyway, we'll see you guys next time. So long, everybody.